Welcome to the Ray of Hope Church podcast. We believe that hope changes everything, so get ready for an encouraging message from the Word of God. We pray that you would receive wisdom and revelation as you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wow, that's pretty powerful. I wonder how thick the foundation is underneath that space shuttle when it blasts off. You think it's two feet thick? Three? Four? More? Do you realize they have to flood the launch pad with thousands of gallons of water because just the vibrations of the sound will damage the, the spacecraft? I want to talk to you about foundations this morning. Would you stand with me right now? What a great service we've already had. Uh, Miss Rawls, you did a great, great job. Uh, our youth uh, band and uh, the, the kids will be doing the praise and worship over at uh, camp. They're leaving this afternoon. And thank you for the birthday offering. I had my money out. I didn't know what exactly Randy was going to do. And someone said, why don't you have your money out? I said, I'm just doing what I was told. <laughs> you know, a good husband just does what he's told. Let's pray over that. Father, thank you for allowing us to be here today. We love you. We praise you. We feel your presence. We feel your spirit. You are good to us. And Lord, let your word do its work in our life. We ask it. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm glad you're here today. And you may be seated. If you're lifting over 2,000 tons into space and there's five point six million pounds of thrust pushing against the foundation. I would think you'd need a pretty good foundation. What do you think? In two minutes, you have just moved over 2,000 tons, 30 miles. That's a lot of power. That's a lot of power. It takes a firm foundation in your life to accomplish anything. Before God ever builds you up, he digs you down. And you and I have to be dug down. We could ask David and we could ask Joseph, uh, God, why... Uh, would David and Joseph have to go with what they did? And, and their response would be, I don't understand. Uh, God, why don't you just move me right to the palace? Why don't you just move me right to the kingship? Because God would say, your foundation's not right yet. It's 17. Why do I have to wait 30 uh, till I'm 30, 13 years before I get there? Because I'm building your foundation. There's something going underground before anything goes above ground. Can I hear any man? So many times people don't last because they don't have a firm foundation. The tallest building in the world is in Dubai in the Middle East. It's 2,722 feet in the air. The tallest building in the world, the foundation goes down 164 feet underground. Matter of fact, this auditorium is about 44 feet to the ceiling at the highest peak, and it is a pain changing light bulbs. And there's not many people that want to change light bulbs here. There's only a few of us because it gets a little creepy when you're up there. Your knees start doing funny things. It's hard to remember that you turn to the right when you're up there uh, 44 feet in the air. But think about this, four times deeper than this ceiling going into the ground. Why do we need that kind of base? Because we're supporting a half a million tons of weight. So if we're, if we're trying to support that much weight, we need a firm foundation. Let me just say, the bigger you become, the deeper you have to go. A lot of people want to get bigger, but they don't want to get deeper. There's a lot of people that's a mile wide, but they're only about an inch deep. So we have to have a firm foundation. Psalm chapter 113, verse 3, when the foundations are being destroyed, what can the righteous do? And my friends, we live in a culture today that's trying to destroy your foundation. 
We live in a time today that the foundation is trying to be destroyed all around us. And the Bible says, don't let the world destroy your foundations. I want to very quickly give you six things this morning that I think you need to know and I need to know. Number one, foundations can be and must be built. Foundations can be and must be built. Second Chronicles chapter 3, verse 3. The foundation Solomon laid for the temple of God. When he built the temple of God, was 60 cubits long and 20 cubits wide using the cubit of the old standard. Do you realize the stones that the temple was built on was 30 feet thick? That's a deep foundation. 30 feet thick because before you go up, you have to what? You have to go down. I... Uh, I told the early service this morning, Karen and I like to watch the Home and Garden and Do It Yourself channel. Anybody else like to watch that? There's a lot of, you know, things I really like to watch. And there's some things I think are just stupid. <laughs> now, this is just my opinion. Tiny house, big living. I am not going to spend $40,000 for a 10-foot wide house. That has no foundation. But pastor, you can take it to the lake. You can take it on vacation. You, you can take it here. You can take it there. That's fine. But when the tornado hits, I don't want to be in a tiny house with Dorothy going to the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> can I hear an amen? amen? Give me something solid. Why are we enamored with that? Because, listen, we have a culture that is so transitional and so shallow. We love stuff like that. I'm here, I'm there, I'm over there, I'm up in the air, I'm over here. Listen, give me somebody who has some foundation to them. Somebody who is a little deeper than just surface. Can I hear an amen? Marriages need a good foundation. They need foundation of respect and love and honor, good communication, friendship, faithfulness, commitment, fidelity, emotional support, teamwork, shared values and vision, desire to meet each other's needs. You know what that's called? That's just called love. So we have to have a strong foundation for marriage. You don't get it on your honeymoon. You don't get it the first week or the first month or the first year. How many of you know you have to go deeper to go higher? And so it's going to take a little time for that marriage foundation to be built. And, you know, I do a lot of marriage counseling, and this is what people say. Well, I love them. And I want to say, I love them. <laughs> well, it's going to take more than love. I mean, what about commitment and honesty, respect, integrity, teamwork, emotional support, shared values, desire to meet the needs? Businesses need a good foundation. Do we have the capital? Do we have the workforce? Do we have enough employees? Can we meet, you know, our quota? Do we have the right accounting, bookkeeping? Can we pay our taxes? Friendships need a good foundation. Churches need a good foundation. We just don't get mad at somebody, go get a storefront. Hey, we got a church. You got a shallow church. Because foundations are people. You say, well, that's not true. Sure it is. You are lively stones. And foundations are built out of stones. And so in that day when that scripture is written, there are people that have to be foundational to have a great church. Listen, this building is not the church. You're the church. Jesus is the head of the church. So guess what we have? We have people here that are foundational people who can weather the storm, who go deeper so we can last longer and meet the needs that God wants us to meet and have the mission that God wants us to have. And I think that's so valuable. Foundations of trust, 
foundations of integrity, foundations of character and loyalty. And sometimes your gift and your talent will take you where your character cannot keep you. Well, they're gifted, true. They're talented, true. But their character is horrible. Why? No foundation of character, integrity, trust, honesty. Well, pastor, that didn't happen in the church. Really? Let's not talk about you. Let's talk about me. Let's talk about preachers. Preachers are never caught with prostitutes. They never buy $60 million jets. I'll talk to this crew over here. They never have financial misgivings. They never leave the fundamentals of the faith. They do it all the time. Why? Shallow foundation. They want to do more up here than down here. How many of you know? We got to get anchored. We got to get the right thing, the right place. Talent may get you there, but character will keep you there. You cannot build anything on a shaky foundation. You've got to have a good foundation. If you go through your house or we go through this church and we, we see a crack over the door or the window, it's not a door or window problem. It's a foundation problem. So the things that we see that need to be repaired have to be considered an issue, but it's a deeper issue. It's more than what meets the eye. There is a foundation problem. The problem is much deeper. Here's the second thing. Foundations can be torn down. Foundations can be torn down. Nebuchadnezzar, the Assyrians, the Babylonians, they come to Jerusalem and they literally leveled the city. The temple is torn down. Solomon's beautiful edifice is torn down to the foundation. They destroyed the walls, the gates. The city is lying in ruins and it lies there like that for 70 long years. So there are foundations that can be torn down and the enemy would love to tear down your foundation. Young person, what's your standard? How far will you go? When will you say that's enough? This is my conviction. This is my faith. This is my word that I stand on. Why would I say that? Because it's a foundation. If you don't have a foundation, you'll fall for anything. Matter of fact, when your foundation starts to crumble, your life will start to crumble. Because your life is built on your foundation. Foundations can be torn down. We live in a culture that wants to tear down the very foundations that America was built on. We face it every day. There are politicians, there are movie stars, there are forces at work in our culture, in our world, that would like to undermine the foundations of America. Why would they want to do that? There's an enemy behind that. America's great. This has been said through history. America's great because America's good. We have a godly Christian Judeo heritage that we need to keep. Listen, somebody should have shouted on that. Because... Our foundation is being undermined. What happens when the foundations are destroyed? The Bible says there is a collapse. There's a ruin. We need to have a personal foundation. We need to have a spiritual foundation. We need to have a national foundation. We have to be a people that are foundational. Here's the third thing. Foundations can be restored and rebuilt. God raised up in our text today three men to come back and restore Jerusalem. There's Nehemiah, Ezra, and a fellow by the name of Zerubbabel. Say that with me. Zerubbabel. Kind of rolls off your tongue, doesn't it? Nehemiah came back to rebuild the walls and the city and the gates and 
Zerubbabel came back to rebuild the temple. Ezra came back to rebuild the priesthood and the order of worship and the Levites. How many of you know a threefold cord is not easily broken? There is the rebuilding of the foundations of the holy city. So foundations can be restored and rebuilt. Isaiah chapter 58 verse 12, your people will rebuild the ancient ruins. They will raise up the age-old foundations. You will be called a restorer of broken walls, a restorer of the breach, restore the streets, restore the dwellings. God is speaking something that hasn't happened yet. Your attention please. God saw their sin. He saw their idolatry. He saw their fornication, their adultery. They were far from God, and this is what he knew. Your demise is looming on the precipice of history. There's a nation coming down to destroy you, and unless you get your right mind and your right spirit with me in connection, you are going to be destroyed. And that's exactly what happened. God sent prophet after prophet after prophet. And you know what some prophets do? They prophesy things people don't want to hear. You know what some preachers do? They preach things that people don't want to hear. And here Isaiah is saying, unless Israel turns from their wicked ways, there's going to be destruction. But God sees things that are not as though they were. Before God ever does something, he says something. Do you notice what he said? He knew that they weren't going to repent. He knew they weren't going to turn. But this is what he did in giving them hope. He says, but one day you're going to be the group that comes back here. You're going to restore the walls. You're going to rebuild the city. You're going to rebuild the temple. He said, you're going to be the restorers of the breach, the broken walls, streets, and dwellings. And it, it happened exactly the way God said Take your attention to Ezra chapter 3, verse number 10. When the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests stood in their apparel with trumpets, and the Levites, the sons of Asaph, with cymbals to praise the Lord according to the ordinance of David, king of Israel. And they sang responsively, praising and giving thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever toward Israel. Did you catch that? They had a responsive reading. They had a responsive worship service. For he is good, his mercy endures forever. Isn't that a good line? He is good, his mercy endures forever. So picture in your mind thousands of people gathered back in Jerusalem. And they're getting ready to lie and lay the foundation stones to rebuild the temple. And on this side, the group is saying, for the Lord is good. And this side responds to say, for his mercy endures forever. Can we do that? Here's the dividing line. Anybody going to participate with me? Here we go. For God is good. For his mercy endures forever. Okay, let's, let's do it good. For God is good because his mercy endures forever. Can you imagine thousands of people one side saying, For God is good. The other side responds back, for his mercy endures forever. And this side over here says, hey, God is good. And the other side shouts back, because his mercy endures forever. You get in the scene? I mean, this is, this is hyped up here. Then the people shouted with a great joy when they praised the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. It wasn't the curtains. It wasn't the closet doors. They're excited because they're just laying the foundation. You know what that means? We started. 
God allowed us to come back after 70 long years to rebuild something that was torn down and lying in ruins. And they shouted, but many of the priests and the Levites and the heads of the fathers' houses, old men who had seen the first temple, wept with a loud voice when the foundation of this temple was laid before their eyes. There were some older people there that were alive and saw Solomon's temple. They were alive in Jerusalem. They saw this wonder of the ancient world, Solomon's temple there. But they also knew the tragedy of the enemy tearing it down. And now, 70-something years later, Zerubbabel is laying the foundation stones again. And you know what these old men are doing? They're weeping. Because that which was breached, that which was broken, that which was ruined is now being built back up again. How many of you know these people are emotionally charged because they thought maybe they would never ever see it again in their life? Yet many shouted aloud for joy so that the people could not discern between the noise of the shout of joy from the noise of the weeping of the people. For the people shouted with a loud shout, and the sound was heard afar off. If you were somewhere around Jerusalem, you heard them shouting and praising and weeping. And you probably thought, what's going on up there? Foundations being laid. We're getting ready to build. And the guy's building it. His name is Zerubbabel and Zacharias the priest. Chapter 4, verse number 6. Zerubbabel's probably thinking, I'm going to rebuild Solomon's temple. Oh, that'll be easy, right? I'm coming back after 70 long years. This place is ruined. It's laid waste for 70 years. And I'm going to try to rebuild Solomon's temple. How many of you know sometimes you need a little encouragement? And this is a verse you're very familiar with. This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. You've heard that. You might not have known where the context was. Zerubbabel, I know you think you can't do this, but let me just give you a heads up. It's not by might. It's not by power. But it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. I'm going to empower you to build this. Let me read the rest of this. Verse 7, who are you, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel? You shall become a plain. You will be brought down to ground level. It shall be brought forth, and the capstone shall come with shouts of grace, grace to it. We might say, God bless it, God bless it. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, The hands of Zerubbabel has laid the foundation of this temple. His hands shall also finish it. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. For who has despised the day of small beginnings? You know what he's saying? He's saying, okay, this is the start, but you will finish this. How many of you know of someone who's tried to start something and couldn't finish it? Carrie would say, that's me. <laughs> Around our house. Mike, you get so many things started, but you never finished. You know what God is prophesying here? Zerubbabel, you, you've laid the foundation stones. You will finish this house. Notice what the Bible says. You will bring the capstone in. You know what the capstone is? It's the final piece on the top. God saw them putting the final piece on the top before it ever happened. And he says, when you put that final piece on the top, you're going to shout, 
grace, grace. God has done it. God blessed this. God saw the completion before the completion ever happened. And sometimes when we start small, we wonder if we'll ever get it done. But let me tell you something. That's the way God always starts. Do not despise the day of small beginnings. And you may be here today and say, well, okay, Pastor, foundations can be rebuilt. They can be restored. But you don't know about my marriage. Oh, yeah, I do because I'm married. And you know about their marriage because you're married. But even when you go through crisis, business, finance, job, health, there is a restorer of the breach. There is someone who is so powerful. If we will build our life on the right foundation and by his power and by his might and not by our strength, foundations can be restored. And you may be here today and you feel like the building is crumbling around you. Your life is falling around you. I want to tell you it can be rebuilt and it can be restored. Let faith arise in your heart because if faith rises, God is able. Can I hear an amen? If you will look up along the outside walls and right in the center, above you are four beams that weigh 10 tons apiece. Thank God for good foundations, huh? Over your head are four beams that weigh 10 tons apiece. But here's the good news. The pillars who hold them up, I was here when they, they poured the foundation. They took big augers and they brought them in and they dug down in the earth and they dug so deep that when they finished, I could not see the bottom of the hole. Groundwater began, began to come in. It was like they drilled a huge well. They had to put pumps to pump the water out of those pier holes. And then they took huge steel cages and they lowered them in those pier holes. And then they filled them with concrete. And then they set the supports of these four massive beams on them. Thank God we got a good foundation. How many of you have ever heard this? Well, I can't go to church. If I go in, the ceiling will fall in. Come here. It's been tested. You know why? You're here. And I'm here. And they're here. And you weren't perfect. And I wasn't perfect. And the ceiling stayed up. You know why? God has a firm foundation. His grace is greater than your sin. His solution is greater than your marriage. His mercy is greater than your iniquity. Why? Firm foundation. Because you're built on the rock. Can I hear an amen? Here's number four. Foundations oftentimes are laid with stones of those who went before us. Let me tell you something. Zerubbabel is building the temple on the stones that Solomon had hewn. Nehemiah is putting the walls up with the stones that used to be in the wall because the enemy said this, will he revive the stone out of the heap? And the answer is absolutely yes. yes Has anybody helped you build your foundation? Was there a mother, a father, a friend, a business associate, a mentor? Was there somebody who come alongside you and said, this is how you have a great marriage? This is how you get through this difficulty? Did someone get you started in business? A partner? Was there a dad who loaned you money? You know what they were doing? They were helping you lay a foundation. 
You don't lay all the foundation stones in your life. You lay most of them. But I want to tell you, there are people who've gone before us who helped us with our foundation. Let me tell you something I think about all the time. I want this congregation, I want this ministry to be successful. Not just because of me, but for all those who went before us. I want you to be successful. I want to be successful. I want us to reach our Jerusalem, our Judea, our Samaria, our uttermost parts of the world. As Jack stood up here, I want the gospel to go around the world. Why? Because we're not the only ones who started this process. Others started before us. And may they find us faithful because they laid some stones and we're laying some stones. And if the Lord tarries, some of you are going to build on the stones that we help lay. So what are we doing? We're going forward sometimes on the stones that other people put in our life. Sometimes foundations are built on stones that other people laid who went before us. Zerubbabel did, Nehemiah did, and someone helped you. Here's number five. Foundations will be tested. Say that with me. Foundations will be tested. Let's say it again. Foundations will be tested. This is what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rains descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall because it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. When Luke gives this, he says, the man dug down deep to the rock. Before you can go up, how many of you know you got to go down? If you don't build on a firm foundation, it's only a matter of time it's going to collapse. I don't care what it is, marriage, church, business, friendships, your own personal Christian life. If it's not on the right foundation, it will collapse. We have to build on the right foundation. Can I hear an amen? Now, let me tell you something. It's not if you get in a storm, it's just when. When Carrie and I moved back here, I was just getting out of school didn't have a job, and we had no money. We bought a little red trailer house that was so old. Do you remember when trailer houses used to have a crank window and, and the windows folded out? So we took over payments for this trailer house. Carrie loved it. Not. <laughs> didn't have central air or heat. And this is the honest truth. One summer, Carrie had a candle setting on our 19-inch Zenith television. And when we came in that evening, the candle had melted all over the top of the television and ran down the front. That's how hot it was in our house. And the guy we bought it from, I said, is this thing secure? Is it tied down? He said, oh, yeah, we tied it down. I said, how would you tie it down? He said, well, he said, we dug some holes and we threw a chain in it and filled it up full of concrete. And then we wrapped the chain around the, the two main cross members that go in the trailer. I said, okay. And then one night, a storm blew up. And Carrie and I are in bed, in the back bedroom. And this storm is violent. I mean, it is really blowing. Carrie said, should we go somewhere? I said, honey, I think it's too late for that. <laughs> and that night, we could feel that trailer rocking and moving and bumping up to the end of that chain. And I thought, man, I hope he did a good job. If not, we're going to go see Dorothy Toto and the wizard. <laughs> Foundations are important because they will be tested. Notice here, 
both houses. He didn't say if the rain comes, if the flood comes, if the storm comes. How many of you know it's coming? It's coming for you, it's coming for me, it's coming for all of us. And the only thing that's different here is not the storm. The only thing different here is the foundation. One guy said, I'll just build it on the sand. Let's do the quick fix. Let's do the fast fix. Let's do the easy fix. When the storm hit, guess what? No house. But the guy who took time to build the foundation and put it on the rock, his house stood. When we built our home in 1980, you ever heard this term, poor people have poor ways? Well, there again, another transition in our life. And I dug the, the footing of that house with a shovel. I dug the pier holes with a post hole digger and cut the iron with a hacksaw. About the time I'd get around with the footing, it would rain and fill my footing back up and I'd have to dig it out again. Somebody in the early service says, yeah, and gophers will come back and fill it up too for you. I said, well, that's true. But finally, when I got it all dug out, we, we poured the foundation. Then we could start building. Don't start building before you go deep. Go deep first. Then build. Because the Bible says your foundation will be tested. My foundation will be tested. I can't tell you how many times over the years I've put my face in the carpet and I've cried and I've wept and I've prayed and I've said this about you. God, this is not my church. This is your church. I'm just the shepherd here. I'm just the pastor. This is your church. Is it going to survive? Can we pay the employees? Can we meet the bills? Can we do this? Can we do that? You say, Pastor, it looks pretty good. Oh, you haven't been with us for the whole trip. There used to be dogs, cats, and chickens coming to the church. You say, why? They wanted to get saved just like you. Well, we had the windows open and the doors open because there was no central air. There was no central heat. There's no padded pews. The, the, the pews were handmade. There were old slatted boards that we painted and put together. And if you sat down just wrong, you would get the Holy Ghost from your honey up. <laughs> That's true. Or you'd be fine if someone sat on the other end of the pew and then you'd get that pinching feeling. That's why we started revival back then. And there were times I would pray, God, this is not my church, it's yours, but help us to build this on the right foundation. Help us to build it on character and integrity because the foundation will be tested. Your marriage is going to be tested. Your friendship is going to be tested. Your business will be tested. But if you're on the right foundation, you're going to make it. Because the foundation of God is sure. Here's the last thing. What you build on the foundation will be tested. Not only will the foundation be tested, but the things we build on the foundation will be tested. L listen to what Paul says. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 10 through uh, 15, he says, By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder. And someone else is building on it. But each one of us should build with care, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. When I said earlier, the foundation is not just a building. It is, in the spiritual sense, it is someone. It is people. 
Because other passages says the foundation is built upon the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. The chief cornerstone is what everything is built around. That's the plumb line. That's the standard. That is the anchor. How many of you believe with me that Jesus is the anchor? He's the foundation. You've got to build on that. And that's exactly what Paul is saying. But he said, if anyone builds on this foundation using gold... Their work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. What has been built survives. That's good. The builder will receive a reward if it survives. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss but yet will be saved even though only as one escaping through the flames. What does that mean? It means if you build your life on Christ, you're going to be saved. But if you build on that foundation with faulty material, then it will be revealed with fire and everything you built will be burned up and there will be no reward for you in heaven. How many of you are glad that you're going to get to go to heaven? Why don't you take something and someone with you? Wouldn't that be a good thing? Now, I'm going to close with this, and please don't get angry with me. There's a lot of Christians that waste their time working on stuff that never matters. I'm, I'm not, you know, discounting those things that Carrie and I do and a lot of things we do, but this is what I'm saying. We get so enamored with stuff that's not going to last that we spend most of our time with things that aren't eternal. And when the end comes... It's not that you're not going to be saved, but you're not going to have much reward because you focused on things that have no eternal significance and consequences. And it's so true. It doesn't mean that we just quit and get in a white robe and sing kumbaya. We're going to do all the things that we're going to do, but how do you know we got to build the kingdom of God? We have to be faithful. We have to say, these things matter. These things are important. These things are really significant in my life. Because listen, there are no tiny houses in heaven. There's mansions in heaven. We get so enamored with the minutiae and what the world thinks important that what God thinks important kind of goes by the wayside. But when the fire comes, guess what? All these things we thought were important are going to, what, what's going to happen to them? According to scripture, they're all going to just burn up. But whatever you did for the kingdom in the right way for him is going to last forever. And there's going to be reward for you for doing those things. Those things don't save you. And that's pretty clear here. Jesus saves you. You're, you're not... You're not saved because of those things. You're rewarded for those things, but you're not saved for them. And one day, everything you build on the foundation will be revealed. Is it wood, hay, stubble, or is it gold, silver, and precious? And God help us to build something that's precious. And even if the Lord tarries, let's not leave this next generation wood, hay, and stubble. Let's leave them gold, silver, and precious things. Why? Let's go back one. So that they can build on some things that are valuable that we left them. Not just a bunch of junk that's just going to crumble with time. 
there's somebody in your life that made some deposits in you that have lasted your entire life. It became foundational. As I look across here, I see some builders here. People who work in construction, building, concrete, electrical. Every builder here will know this. If you don't have a good foundation, the rest of it is suspect. It's only a matter of time it's going to come crashing down. So today, we need to work on foundation. Could be your marriage. Could be your health. Could be your relationship with Christ. Could be finances. Could be anything. But let's get that right. Because we have to go down before we go up. Right? Bow your head with me. We are so thankful you joined us today. We would love to hear from you at rayofhopepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you were encouraged and how we can pray for you. Remember, Christ in you is the hope of glory and hope changes everything.